The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome to episode 142. Season 6, episode 18. Of Two Miss P's in a podcast with me, Mr. P. And the other Mr. P. Welcome back, guys, for another one of the episode. We did one last week, didn't we? Yes. But it was earlier in the week. It was. Yeah. Uh, and it's been quite the week. And obviously, we'd uh, like to start by very quickly discussing... What I'm sure so many people working in and around education will be aware of, which is the tragic passing of the head teacher in Reading, Ruth Perry. Um, I have been quite proactive in sharing the news and trying to use my platform as best as possible to raise awareness and question uh, the circumstances that the family of Ruth uh, believes contributed to her taking her own life. Um, and I think the, the 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 most upsetting thing about it is that it, it, you can completely understand, given the pressures that her teachers, especially our school leaders, are under. And since obviously sharing that tragic news, I have been inundated with messages, uh, easily a dozen or so, that have either shared stories of a similar just similar stories of people they know or even head teachers themselves who have said they've been in that similar sort of situation there was one head teacher who said that the Ofsted went so badly on the drive home after you know really late after day one they were very close to just completely you know just driving into a tree um and it's just such it's just so so upsetting and I've really struggled with it this week I've, I've found it really really hard and tough and I've been upset a, num- a number of times sort of talking about it and um and yeah so I want to try and obviously spread the message because I think things need to change Ofsted in its current form is not fit for purpose um and and things do need to change obviously you might then have seen the story of the school in Newbury who uh, initially were going to refuse to allow Ofsted to come into school but have had to since allow the inspection to take place, which I just, you know, I've got massive, massive respect for what the head teacher was trying to do. And I just think, how can we get past this idea? Because here's the thing for me with Ofsted, and and I'm sure every teacher speaks, uh, you know, is is of the same mind here where, you know, we are not saying we, we don't want accountability. Teachers need to be accountable. We play very important roles and obviously... Uh, providing the education but the safeguarding safeguarding side of things is so important and therefore I'm not saying abolish Ofsted completely but in its current form there is no way in a million years you'll ever convince me that it's a force for good and I think the problem is you've obviously got some inspectors who are doing it for the right intentions and they want to help and they want to support and that, and, and I'll make it clear that for every I'd say probably 30 messages I get of a negative experience with Ofsted there might be one that's positive but it's that inconsistency that I think is the biggest issue and what I decided to do because my, my, my inbox my DMs were just getting hammered with people sharing their experiences I, I made like a Google form where people can just anonymous, anonymously go and share their stories about Ofsted 
Um, and within two days, it's had over 2,000 stories. And that's freely available for you to, if you go on my socials, you'll be able to see a link to it where you can either share your story or just read. But if you are going to read it, it comes with a warning because it is bleak as anything. It is not for the, for yeah, it's not doesn't make for happy reading. But I've been sending that off to some newspapers or the unions and, you know, I'm not bothered sending it to the government because they're just as bad as, as Ofsted and they contribute it by chronically underfunding education so that Ofsted are expecting to rock up to a school and see a Lamborghini when we've had a budget for a Vauxhall Corsa, which is a very nice sort of analogy I heard the other day. Um, so yeah, so our thoughts and, and, and prayers go out to the family of Ruth and the school community that she served and you know, I know that she was one inspiring leader given the amount of messages I've been sent from colleagues, friends, and it is a tragedy and, and you know, we will play whatever part we can in ensuring that this never, ever happens again. Yeah, good. Uh, very well said. Obviously, a very tough week. Um, I know it's hit you hard. I think it's hit every school staff member hard in some way. Um, and yeah, things need to change. And if we can make that happen, even if it's just, you know, uh, talking about it, for a little bit on the start of this episode uh we hope we can be you know any, a sort of help for that situation but it is heartbreaking and uh yeah my I, I echo what you say our thoughts and prayers go out to the family of uh ruth yeah and we'd love to do something for the staff at that school um so i, I don't how, how close is read into Basically, if there's anyone listening to this who go who works at the school that Ruth Perry was head teacher at Caversham Primary, I think it is. Uh, and obviously, if you want to, you don't have to at all. Don't feel any pressure. But obviously, if the staff want to come along to one of the shows that we're doing in October, um, get in touch and we will try and arrange some tickets for you. Um, because we'd love to do something that might be able to just lift spirits a little bit and give you... I mean, it may well be they just don't. <laughs> like, eh, yeah. um, you're all right, actually. We're, we're, no, but we're that's, a, that's a nice, that's yeah, a nice thing to do. If we can just do, do something to, to try and help, because it, it must be absolutely... I mean, you can't even you can't even contemplate what, 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 it, what they must be going through. So, yeah, if, if there's anything that we can help, and, you know, trying to just use, my, use this and use my platform to keep the conversation going and, you know, just sort of cast a light on the dreadful... Ofsted inspection process because it is the whole system. I'm not going to point fingers at individual uh, inspectors, um, but I would. I, 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 what I can't get my head around is, you know, most inspectors are people who either still work in school or have worked in a school, and I can't get my head around why anyone would want to do it, knowing how bad it is, knowing how bad the sort of system is and that sort of inconsistency because here's the thing it is the way it is at the minute is it's complete look of the look of the draw as to what inspector you get who believes in what you're doing who doesn't come in with an agenda and because we've got that inconsistency that's what drives the sort of workload and the pressure on staff where you just feel like you've got to have every base covered in case you have got a rogue inspector who wants to you know hammer you over something and 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 when you read the story about what that inspector picked up on and they failed with safeguarding but it was reported that the inspector claimed um sexualizing of children because he saw a child flossing 
That did you read that? I didn't see that. No. So, according, I, I believe this is by Ruth's sister, who's report when she spoke to Ruth that the inspector picked up on uh, a case of a child flossing was was sexualizing children, and then peer on peer abuse was just a playground scuffle. But he saw, and this is the problem. It's like one person's interpretation can completely ruin your livelihood, your school's reputation. It's just a joke. Yeah, and I think the other thing as well is, is everyone knows we we say this on you know million times on this podcast is, ah, oh, you know schools, no days ever the same. You could have the best school in the world and the best children, the most well-behaved children, but on the day of the dreaded call and yeah. inspection. Who knows what could happen? You could have staff ab- staff absence for any reason. You could have children who are going through stuff at home that come in, and you know you just don't know. And it's yeah, just it's, unf- it's just unfair. It is it's unfair. just unfair. It's a snapshot, and uh, I saw on Twitter someone did a little bit of a thread to say that the two days that that school was inspected on, it had rained full on for two days. Yeah. So that's an inspection during wet play, wet play. which is just we anyone who's ever worked in a school should be able to take that into account but clearly this or been to school or been to school yeah yeah is and uh, anyway it's just it's such a it's such a tragedy i've really struggled with it this week and it's just hard when you just you know you go on so and then you just this message after message after message sort of these heartbreaking similar stories and you just think it really really doesn't need to be this way so i hope um something will change for the better i hope we can somehow get some sort of overhaul and the worrying thing is that there's part of me that thinks nothing will change because Ofsted are so oblivious to the detrimental impact they're having and then you get Michael Wilshaw, this ex-Ofsted chief who they wheel out from the depths of hell yeah to come and comment where he's on BBC going, well, actually, most parents actually like being a school that's graded. And it's like, how do you know? Because you've clearly got no mates. Like, you do not speak to anyone. Because you're. An- he's the same guy that said, if all your staff uh, uh, working... So it was some ridiculous cl- quote where it was like, if all your staff are unhappy and overworked, you know you're doing something good. The guy's an absolute tool. And yet he gets the platform to defend Ofsted. It's a joke. But anyway, we will try in this episode to sort of escape the realities and and the tough times that we're we're facing. It has been a tough week for so many people. So we hope this episode can be, we'll, we'll, we'll sort of, we've said our piece there. We'll finish, leave that as it is. And the rest of the episode will just be funny, sort of lighthearted ways to escape the tough, uh, the tough situation, and hopefully, sort of raise our spirits in that way. So, um, where should we start? I think I've, I've got loads of stuff that we can we can share. Uh, just a little one to get us going. Um, do you want to hear some funny teacher names? Oh, always. Right. So, uh, these are shared on on Instagram. Just people like I've shared this before. Just I find it really amusing when people's name just sort of matches their subject. Yeah, yeah. Well, so we, we've we had experience with that, haven't we? I'm sure I would have mentioned this. Uh, Ambrose, we had a uh, DT teacher called Mr. Wood. Yeah, yeah. And also another DT teacher called David Thwaite, whose initials were DT. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we have a teacher called Mr. Wolf. 
Mm. Can you work out why that's funny? Because uh, he's always hungry. No. Come on, think, Adam. Get there. Uh, Get oh, because he never knows the time. Yeah, naturally the kids love asking him what the time is. <laughs> that's definitely a key stage one. That sort of like, oh my Where God. have I got the hungry bit? Well, because wolves are hung- wolves like to eat, don't they? Porridge. Yeah. Is that? Is it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that'd have been me. Everyone going, "What's the time?" Me go like, "Do you like porridge, <laughs> Mr. Wolf?" Um, we had a science teacher whose married name was Mrs. Gooch, <laughs> and apparently she switched it to that, to that because a maiden name was worse. We never found out what it was. You gotta find out. You gotta find out. You gotta give us that. If it's worse than Mrs. Gooch, nothing wrong with the name. But I'm talking like with kids, especially high school yeah, kids. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, she was a science teacher. So that's high school. That's gotta be high be. school. Yeah. That's that, that's unlucky, isn't it? Um, Mrs. Payne, first name was Francis, but she went by Fanny. Oh no! <laughs> Why it's like a really think? bad kind of rip-off porno of James Bond, isn't it? The name's Payne. Fanny Payne. I like it shaking. <laughs> oh, my um, God. Why would you go as... What wasn't it? Francis. Francis Payne Francis sounds Payne, like yeah. a Victorian... Just he should be wearing a, 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 a... What's that thing? A corset. Yeah. Fanny Payne. Doctors. I am Miss Coffee. If I had a penny for every child who asked me if I like coffee... <laughs> That would wind me up. Do you know what as well is every new child that came to that school or, you know, when they went, when she got a new year group, it would be the same thing. Like, oh, that's original. (laughs) Because that's the go-to, isn't it? That's original. (laughs) I'm Miss Woodcock and worked with a Miss Dyke. Mr. Dibble, my history teacher. Oh, no, Mr. Dipple. He left too much. Mr. Dipple, my history teacher. Am I missing something there? Uh, well, I sure am. <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Dipple. I had an IT... T- I don't know. He left two months later. I don't know. I had an IT teacher called Mr. Dick in high school. <laughs> when I went to college, one of my geography teachers was called Richard Head. Ri- oh. I mean, listen. <laughs> that sort of stuff. Um, so you got a Mr. Dick and then a Richard Head, which obviously... No. I like this one. We had a teacher called Miss Behave. <laughs> no, yeah. no. That's I'm not having that. it. Miss yeah. Behave. <laughs> Please be like a behaviour lead. <laughs> Oi, carry on messing. And I'm going to ring for Miss Behave. <laughs> um, Mr. Fit. Guess what teacher? Guess what? Yeah, yeah. Um, Mr. Horn, drama teacher in secondary. His name mysteriously had a Y added to, at the end by everyone. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, like, why? Mr. Short, who was five foot tall, <laughs> um, joined East London School. The year Shrek came out, we were not kind. Oh, <laughs> Lord Farquaad. Got a bit yeah. of shout on it. Uh, I had a teacher called Mrs. Brain. Brain by name, brain by name. Um, oh, head te- headmaster at school was Mr. Bates. Headmaster. Headmaster. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, we'll leave that word. Yeah, well, well, thank you for sharing them. They always give us a bit of a giggle, don't So they? I've got a bit of a renegade one. So I went out on Saturday, right? 
not been out in a while, to be fair. And it was a pretty tame one. Went to a footy game and then just had a few beers around Stockport. And then, kind of, you know, when you're just in a pub and everyone's talking and then you kind of get talking to another table. This lad, you know, just started telling this story. And you know when you're just like, I mean, pub stories are great at the best of times. Yeah. But this is the story. And that, this is completely true from what this guy said. And I actually asked him, I said, can I use this? I think he was from, like, London. So, he said, my great-grandma, right, right, was a sex worker in World War Two. That was how okay. he started it. Right, yeah. So I went, well, how would you know that? And he went, because she was constantly caught sleeping with Americans in her back garden. Okay, okay yeah. Whee! Love the Yanks. Yeah. But the strange thing about this guy's great-grandma was that she had a little bit of a, would you say, fetish? But she had a thing for blind men. Right, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Each to their own. Years later, she had a daughter. Years after that, the daughter, at around about 20 years of age, worked at a men's club. Right. Right? Where she met a blind man and fell in love. So if you're staying with me, great-grandma's daughter, so grandma, yeah. had met a blind fellow, fell in love, and were to be wed. Okay. Gets to the wedding day. Uh, the the grandma's there, ready for the nuptials. No sign of the blind no man she was due to be wed. Now, I imagine people's minds are erasing as to what could have happened. She then thinks the wedding's off. He's changed his mind. Gets home to find her fiancé in bed with her mother. So the great-grandma who had a thing for blind guys couldn't, could not believe her luck when the daughter... Went on to marry. Went on. Well, no. Well, no, it didn't. No, no, no. Well, it's been a while since we've had a wedding wedding story. No, but, but that, yeah. that I was like sat there in the pub just sipping this Moretti going, what? <laughs> yeah. no, no way. <laughs> I bet the family time, like I've, because I've been doing my ancestry. I've been doing our family tree. Oh, yeah. And I sent off for the DNA results. So. Is this so you can try and prove that we're not brothers? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So I, I did the family tree over Christmas. And then I sent off my DNA. So the results are that I'm 49% English, 24% Scottish. Yeah, let me right. guess the last one. What percentage is it? Well, just before we do that, talking of Scotland, we've added an extra date to the tour. Nice. So the first Plug. show, the first show of the next tour is going to be in Glasgow yeah. on the 15th of October, is it? And yeah. It's a Sunday night, yes. the 15th. Yes, and it's in half term for yeah. them, isn't it? Tickets are available now. So I'm coming to my, my homeland. <laughs> right. So go on. Go for it again. So 49% English, 24% Scottish. So pretty much a quarter Scottish. Mm-hmm. 16%. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that was brewing for so long. 16% Welsh, 7% Irish, and then 4% Swedish and Denmark. Ooh. Seriously, so, so I've got a bit of I've got a bit of Viking in me. That's the fringe. Yeah, that's, that's where you get the fringe. The like. stature, the, 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 the stature. Have you heard yourself? The uh, so is that the same for heads. me? It's, uh, well, it depends if we're related. Yeah, fair. 
<laughs> we don't know. We need because I've Kyle. always told people Jeremy Kyle DNA test. I've always told people I'm a hundred percent British beef. <laughs> <laughs> you're not quite. No one is. If you're not, if you're not, you know, there's not a bit of Viking in you. There'll be a bit of French from when the Normans came. Ah, we we yeah we we. Right now, if you remember last week, we had some disgustings. We had some disgusting yeah. stories involving one I felt was up there. Sorry, right? Just at this point, and this is one of my biggest regrets. Okay, so I've got I've spoken about this. Uh, she was a lunchtime supervisor at my school, and she has an absolute phobia of snot. I right. swear I've spoken about it before. When that kid went to tackle another kid on the playground. And basically got snot all over him. <laughs> um, basically, an, an ex-colleague of mine, Sue, shout out if you're listening. She said, please show this story, yeah, to yeah. T, we'll call her T, and film her reaction, right? Right. Now, I didn't do that because obviously I'm not, you know, filming and stuff in school. But I did randomly bump into T. Now T's not a lunchtime supervisor anymore. She works in the uh, she works in the kitchen now. Right. But I bumped into her and I said, "Oh, I've got something to show you." Where her face lit up, and I thought, "No, no, <laughs> get your head out the gutter." Uh, I got this video. All right. So I shown her this video, and oh my god, I was crying. She was going, "What's it to do with?" And I was going, <laughs> "Uh." <laughs> And she went, oh, no. And I went, oh, just listen to it. It's all right. And I swear, when you started saying about um, the mum getting older, cuddling, and then putting the mouth, she literally started throwing up. Oh, my God. She was going, oh, oh. She went, take your phone, oh. (laughs) If you haven't listened to that story, check it out on the socials or listen to last week's episode towards the end. It is a true stomach churner, even though... Quite a lot of people did back me up that with with babies mainly, that is a a viable uh, solution to like a blocked up nose and stuff. That's what you kind of taught to do. Right. I'm not sure about you know the child yeah. walking into class and nah, doing it. nah, nah, nah. When I was head teacher, I was called down to the girls' toilets after lunch by a member of staff. What confronted me can only be described. <laughs> this wouldn't be great a depth description. A giant-sized poo. <laughs> you could do better than giant. <laughs> I know, but what confronted me can only be described as. That was a good good lead-up. Lead Where's up. Colossal there? Yeah. You need Colossal. Colossal is, yeah, shouting out. Do you know what I hate? When you say that to a kid, you know, we don't want to see big, we don't want to see large. Give us a better word. Then someone comes out, Colossal. It's like, yes! At which one do I hate? I hate humongous ginormous ginormous yeah yeah humongous is grim there's another one yeah ginormous I think it is I I always think ginormous isn't a word is it a word I I think it is sounds made up though doesn't it I'm sure there was a film about ginormous there was a I'm sure there was a I'm getting this random flashback of an early CGI film Gigantosaurus Gigantosaurus was that what it was called I don't know that rings a bell Uh, it would not flush no matter what in the end, they had to get a piece of doweling from the DT store to poke it and break it up into smaller pieces <sighs> so it would eventually go down. Breaking it down. Break it down! <laughs> <laughs> um, one child oh, once had a child stood behind his friends. Sorry, hang on. 
This is this is vile. Once had a child stood behind his friend picking nits out of his hair and eating them. Oh. <laughs> he was also handing them out to classmates to take home. What kind? <laughs> what kind, kid? I mean, you'd praise him for was not, it, for not leaving birthday? anyone out. It was his birthday. Um, another occasion, while the ch- child was lined up, ready to go out to play, a little girl threw up in the hood of the child in front of her. <laughs> Before I could stop them, the child put their hood up. No! No! <laughs> I thought he was coming. I thought, surely not. Can you imagine that? You know, like kids love yeah. to put the hood up to be like, sick. yeah, yeah. Can you <laughs> oh, sick it's man. raining carrots. <laughs> Vomit man. Oh my god. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, the smell, the smell. Cap- Captain Puke. <laughs> uh, oh, that's grim, that. Eating the nits. Yeah. William turned Bush took a trial, yeah. man. Yeah, you're doing great. <laughs> you're doing Give great. Give me a nit. Okay, you're on to your third nit. You can get your third star sticker. Children rolling an acorn around during my carpet input, so I ignored it. Picked up the acorn at the end, and it was a little ball of poo. Oh, a little ball. It's been <laughs> shaped. They don't come out like little pellets. Uh, That's been moulded. Just, just the joys of EYFS. A poo in the home corner food basket. Someone had actually tidied it away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying staff. I'm saying a member of staff doing a quick tidy. <laughs> I had to do a bit of a tidy up at uh, EYFS the other day. First time. And uh, the sandpit is not good for the back. Shout out, EYFS. Heroes. Yeah, yeah. Um, In my first year of teaching, I detected a strong smell in the classroom after lunch. I narrowed it down to one child and asked discreetly if he needed the toilet. And he said he didn't. So I asked him to go and check that his underwear was clean. To which he replied, "Uh, I know there's no poo in my undies because I scooped it out at lunchtime. And I put it in my pocket. Look. <laughs> I mean, way to prove the teacher wrong. You know, like, I promise you, there is no poo in my undies. But look what I've got. It is what I made earlier. <laughs> Shot attack. <laughs> oh, no. I can't believe that. The thing is... It would smell so bad. Oh, God. I mean, when you have to go around the kids, especially lower down, and you go in, and then when it gets, you just know you can zone in, can't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. We set up a beautiful builder's scene on the table in a tough tray with diggers, blocks, boxes, etc. A TA said, that's a great idea. Who added the porridge to the Duplo? I went over and looked and found a child was very poorly and had vomited in the tray. And the kids were happily using the diggers and trucks to <laughs> scoop it up. The smell was unbelievable. <laughs> Just a little digger, little JCB. Oh, I'll get the cocoa pops in the corner there. The fact that the teacher thought it was porridge, I mean, that's that's a fresh sick from that kid. None of mine have ever looked like porridge. Oh, he's, he's put the ready bracket in by the... Oh, the smell was unbelievable. That was the end of that activity. Took three staff to carry it outside without it sliding Ooh, around. I, I just got a whole body shiver. <laughs> yeah. just like, Ooh. Sliding it around as the tray had been angled slightly to get through the door while other staff went around to find the kids that had played in it. <sighs> uh. 
and we'll finish this section with this one. I was at the swimming pool with a class and one of the younger pupils was taking an age in the loo. I decided to bite the bullet and walk into the gents' toilet to see what the hold-up was. As soon as I stepped through the door, I let out a scream. All professionalism left the building. The child was kneeling at the urinal, licking the freshener block. Apparently, he thought it was a sweetie. Oh, they do look enticing at <laughs> <laughs> the best of times. Look, I'm not agreeing with it. I know, but I, I understand. understand. I got one right. I spoke to um, a supply teacher recently, and I said, "Oh, what schools have you worked in?" You know, like basically just getting some getting some material. <laughs> like, come on, give me give me some stories. What, the yeah. So, what you been saying? What you been doing? And he'd said. Oh, I was in a school last week and I don't usually work lower down. I thought, yes, <laughs> give it to me. And he said this, right? He said he worked a full day in reception and then he had to go and he thought, I've done, I've done all right there. Kids were really on board with him. And he said he got up and the kids went, buzzer, you know, dead like buzzer. And then one kid went, high five. And he didn't even think and went, high five. Handful of poo. (laughs) (laughs) Intentional or not? Well, I mean that's that's for you to judge. But so basically, he'd gone toilet and you know wiping wiping stuff. But the fact that he's arguably saved it and thought, right, here we go, (laughs) lads, lads, have a bit of this. Yeah, get in on this, lads. And he's gone. The thing is, he's covered the hand because he's went. He went. The guy said to me, he went. He just pulled it out so late. He went like, when he said high five, I put my hand yeah, out. Yeah. So then this kid went like, whammo! Oh, and he was just like, yeah. A print, a hand print. Oh, God. <laughs> right, before we get into some other stories, there was this thread on Twitter, which uh, the, t- the times are changing. So uh, teacher and author Timothy Paramore shared a new twist on the old scenario that every education worker will recognize. Terrifying watershed moment at work today, the tweet starts. For years, kids have accidentally called teachers mum or dad without thinking, with hilarity ensuing. Today, one of my colleagues got referred to as Alexa. <laughs> Tech, AI, you yeah, love it. Yeah. No, but that, that's, the, that's the first time I've heard of that. I've never, I've never heard us, yeah. Yeah. So then, obviously, it encouraged other people um, to share their stories of kids just... Yeah, I remember seeing online someone reporting that their toddler nephew had begun say, began saying, thank you and subscribe, instead of bye. Uh, so the triplets then? No, no. no. <laughs> um, so my youngest, around two, three, on a school run, went up to a rectangular memorial plaque with raised writing, tried to swipe and press the letters... When nothing happened, she just looked at me with the same expression reserved for when the iPad's not charged. Oh, no. <laughs> then someone said, I hope she carried on talking over him while inexplicably getting louder than sang a song you might like, <laughs> like Alexa does. <laughs> um, my, friend's tod- my friend's toddler's first word was Google for the same reason. Um, That's a cute word, though, for a kid to say in it. Yeah. It's like, Google, Google, Google. Yeah. <laughs> Google. Uh, 23-year-old son works with Key Stage 1. He's used to being addressed as dad or even mum, but the other day, it was granddad. <sighs> <sighs> That's a tough one to take. 
My primary age daughter came home mortified that she'd called the teacher mum. I reassured her it was normal. Happens to all of us. Yeah, but I said it to Mr. Barnet. <laughs> Good teacher name as well. So I see you had a dodgy haircut. Yeah. Oh, Mr. And Barnet. This one is a, is a worry as well. iPad written in for pet's name on the family tree. So writing a, making a family tree in class and where it says pet's name, they put iPad. So that's the pet because they've probably got like a pet on the iPad. Like one well, of those apps. well, either it's one of that, or they think the iPad is a pet, or they've got a pet called Yeah, I was going to say they've got, got a pet called a iPad. A dog called iPad, yeah. Uh, funny thing is, their name is Siri. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Up there, oh, what about this? What about this one? Sh- surely not. Up there with making the Netflix dun-dun noise for n when learning phonics. So when you put N up, they go... Dun dun. Oh my <laughs> Netflix. God. Dun dun. Dun dun. <laughs> wow. And then someone's tried to end it with a compliment going, it's brilliant that that child sees the teacher as the fount of all knowledge. Nice. Nice, nice save. It's good though, isn't it? I mean, what would you say? Because you, you surely, you know, someone said to you, uh, Alexa, what's what's the answer to question seven? What would you say? What would your reply be? Um, I'd probably go like, Wi-Fi down. <laughs> Wi-Fi down. Try again later. I'd say something along the lines of, I don't recognise that question. <laughs> <laughs> and as we're recording, we have just set off the Alexa in this room. Brilliant. So there was that thread, but then there was also this one, which yeah. I'm going to question. So obviously we're of an older generation now. Right, and there are things from our childhood that just wouldn't make sense, mm-hmm. right? So what's the most out-of-date cultural reference you've heard recently? So cultural reference. So this was what kicked it off. The most out-of-date cultural reference you've heard recently. I was walking with my dad yesterday, and when he saw a cat leap in a single bound from, path up, from the path up onto the wall about six foot high, he said, I bet he drinks Carling Black Label. <laughs> And I cannot stop laughing. <laughs> so oh, then it got me thinking, what are the things that I still say that just would not make sense now? Mm. Someone said this one. I described a tricky task as like the Krypton factor to a baffled young person. Yeah, I still does, say that. It does. I don't say that. There's one that I said. I said the other day, right? I had a class of year three, you'll like this. <laughs> yeah. And I went, at the end of the day, all you got to do, question one, two, three, Full sentences, then boom, Bob's your uncle. And then this kid went, hand up. And I went, yeah. And he went, uh, who's Bob? <laughs> and I went, sorry? And they were like, you said Bob's your uncle. Like, my uncle isn't called Bob. And I was going, no, no, it, you know, it means like, you know, Bob's your uncle. Like, wait. Yeah. And, and then I struggled to, I struggled to describe what it meant. I was going, you know, Bob's your uncle. And then someone went, but we don't have uncles called Bob. And I was going, <laughs> yeah, but get it done. Yeah. And then, you know, one bam, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> what? <laughs> that, yeah. um, I still use more holidays than Judith Chalmers. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know these. I, I, yeah. My architect recently asked, have you won the pools? When asked about installing underfloor <laughs> heating, pools. the pools. I remember that. That's a throwback, in it. Yeah, that is a throwback. Um, 
the one that I say quite... I recently said, plug me into a Sega to someone who looked at me so blankly I nearly ceased to exist. <laughs> I mean, I've never heard that, though. No, yeah. As a saying, as a, like a comeback. <laughs> what plug about me into a Sega. A friend who had COVID described herself as sounding like the Nottingham Station guy from the Tunes ad. <laughs> referencing an advert from 1985. <laughs> I say this one. It does exactly what it says on the tin. I said to a bunch of Seattle developers, had to explain, and immediately regretted yeah, it. Yeah, to be fair, I'm going to start noting them down because there's definitely a few that I say, like the Bob's your uncle. Yeah. That 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 the children just don't get. I've said, I still say, you, you look like you've been tangoed. You know. Yeah, yeah. Get, you say you know, that. Yeah. Tango, and then of course there's uh, someone finished it off with. Yeah. You <laughs> can't still say that. True. <laughs> Coming into class. Uh covering you today is Mr. Parkinson. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> so we've just gone from both ends of the spectrum now. We've got kids calling teachers Alexa to us bursting in classrooms. Yeah. <laughs> Right, we need to go and get the TA from the next door. I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> the TA replies, <laughs> Everybody's coming in. The woman from the office. Uh, he's got an appointment. <laughs> <laughs> Goes on for 10 minutes. <laughs> oh. What did you learn today at school? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, what you up to? Not much. Yeah. Drinking True. a bird. Yes, yeah, sit, sitting down, <laughs> doing some spag. True, true. Um, right, so you put a post that we talked about a couple of these on a recent episode, and it's the most embarrassing thing to have happened to you in the classroom. Yeah. So I've got a couple to take you through here. Um, telling my year eight class off in my first couple of years of teaching... Then they pointed out that my blouse buttons had popped open. Oh, dear. That's it's tough to get back for a minute. Yeah. Instead of saying, take your coats off whilst cross that they had come in from play so loud, I said, take your clothes off. <laughs> <laughs> That's so aggressive as well. So aggressive. Instead of saying, get outside my room now, I heard a colleague shout, Get outside my bedroom now! <laughs> I don't know why. It's not the same teacher, is it? <laughs> Went down really well with the hundred kids lined up in the corridor, yeah. lol. Um, stuck my foot into a PE string bag and tripped over in front of the health and safety inspectors. <laughs> Timing couldn't have been worse. <laughs> well, at least it's giving them a job. And then earn the keep. And then two to finish. I have arthritis in my middle finger on one hand. It doesn't bend. (laughs) I was standing at the board helping a student finger count a maths problem. I had to call parents and explain that I didn't mean to flip the bird (laughs) to the entire class. So I have five apples, and my friend eats four. <laughs> what have I got left? And then this one to finish. Yeah. 
in an SEN meeting, which is obviously special educational needs, I said we would really have to go out on a limb for this child. The child only had one arm. Luckily, the parents were the first ones to laugh and find it hilarious. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) You'd want the ground to swallow you up. That's... Oh, no. No. I mean, I'm laughing. Not at anything other than what that teacher would have felt like (laughs) after that came out of a gob. Just like, it would have been like... But then, you know, fair play to the parents to not let make the teacher look too bad. So shortly, shortly after I started teaching, I can remember when the whole of year five from a four-form entry school went on a trip to Wealdon Dowland Open Air Museum. It was all going so well until the children hit the restored water mill. It was next to the pond with ducks in it. Once in the mill, we examined the structure, answered the relevant questions on our sheets, then headed for the shop. Always oh, the highlight. Always yes. the highlight. In it was a product label. Uh, in it was a product labelled duck food. My group thought that was a lovely idea. They dutifully bought the little hessian bags and made their way over to the duck pond. By the time I'd read the small print, it was too late. The children were feeding the ducks chewing gum. <laughs> we were asked to never come back. Also, <laughs> <laughs> chewing gum was called duck food. Yeah. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd blame. Yeah. <laughs> That's a shocker. I... Just every time they quack, a little bubble. Quack. <laughs> Hubba bubba. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, right, language warning with this one. A student called a member of staff a bellend, right? When sanctioned for this, parents kept them off school for three days to avoid punishment. A complaint was put in against me as the student shouldn't be sanctioned as bellend is a term of endearment and not rude. I disagree with that. Yeah, 100% disagree. The head teacher upheld the compliment. Uh, Sorry, the complaint. The compliment. (laughs) The compliment upheld it. Let him get away with it. No. Bellend. (laughs) No, wow. Well, that story's filled with the old ends. Um. I was enjoying a night out with a group of non-teacher friends and spotted the dad of a child in my class sat on the other side of the pub. I was a bit confused that he was ignoring me, practically hiding from me, considering how he was normally so friendly. Can you predict what's going on here? So, that the dad's going to be turning out to be a bit Jekyll and Hyde. His reaction then made a lot of sense as I slowly realised the woman that he had his arm round was definitely... Not his wife. He very quickly left the pub with a bright red face and avoiding any form of eye contact. Safe to say, home time is now a little bit awkward. Nowhere to Jekyll and Hyde for him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Had a parent complaint today and asked for a phone call because of an incident that happened with their child. Turns out another child had given out birthday invitations and not invited the child. I genuinely had to sit and explain that I cannot force a child to invite them to a part birthday party that is out of school. But, Not- he, but he has <laughs> set out some nits if you would like to take one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure what she wanted me to do as she was saying it wasn't fair. I then had to type an email to SLT so a message could be sent to parents regarding birthday invites. What a huge waste of everyone's time. 
absolutely love the podcast and all the stories keep me really going. I mean, yeah, yeah, we've all been there, haven't we? I mean, that's just... <laughs> I just laugh. Just like, the, the, what do you say there? I know it's. I mean, what do you say? It's like the thing about it's like, harsh. It's harsh, but but I, you can't. That's something it's you not can't the teachers, control. Yeah, yeah. And it's, but it's like outside. Sometimes there's kids that just don't want to play with other kids, and then you get those kids coming to you going, that you know, thing he's not playing with me, and then you're like, well, then go and play with someone else. No, but I want to play with them. Yeah, and yeah. you're just like, well. Like, it's always p- like always treat people with respect. Treat them yeah. how you would like to be treated. Exactly. But you're not gonna get on with everyone in life. They're not gonna be the best friends. Uh, and I always make I've made that fatal mistake where it's like you know there's some teacher in this school that oh. I that, and they always go who who but I treat bet them all with respect. Bet it's Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> um, I always use the teacher as an example. Even if that's what I do. Even if me and Miss. Did not get on, but luckily we really do. <laughs> and then I go, I would treat her with respect and be kind. I wouldn't go out my way to be mean. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a fanto. <laughs> She's behind you. Oh, God. Right. Uh, I'm a teacher, but this story is from when I was uh, in primary one in Scotland. I think the equivalent of reception. We were all four and five year olds. Now, can you remember anything from your days in reception? I remember, I remember my teacher, but then that's it. Yeah. Really. But I was in trouble a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a, a classroom pet story. This, okay. and we've not had many of these. But so if you, again, if you've got a funny classroom pet story, do let us know. My teacher that we all loved had an unusual class pet called Aunt Sally. Aunt Sally is a tortoise. Oh, using present tense, mm. so must still be alive. Maybe. <laughs> Aunt Sally lived in the classroom in a big tray thing on the floor in our classroom. In our classroom, a big tray thing. <laughs> big a tray. tray. A tray. <laughs> yeah. We all helped to feed and look after Aunt Sally. One day, when our teacher called us to the carpet, one of the boys in my class didn't realise, but he sat on the edge of the tray, and poor Aunt Sally went flying through the air and landed on the other side of the classroom. Of the classroom. Cue screams from all of us and our teacher running across the classroom to save Aunt Sally. I hope it, I hope the teacher ran a bit quicker than Aunt Sally. Can you imagine? I'll be there in a minute. She did survive this traumatic event. Can you imagine that? Uh, Mr. Mr. P, can I be star of the week? Listen, you'll be star of the week when Aunt Sally can yeah. fly. Oh. Yeah. Fly Aunt Sally! <laughs> I guess you got it, Tutters. Must fly now. <laughs> fly it, Sally, my baby. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. You'll be standing weak <laughs> when Aunt Sally gets the wings. <sighs> no way. <laughs> oh, God. Just landing on a shell. Oh. <sighs> Teen- well, that, but would that have been back in the day when Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles would have been massive? Potentially feeding him pizza from the dinner hall. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Michelangelo, have the pizza. Um, right, and we'll finish the episode on this one, which has been sent to us. And uh, nothing to do with teaching. It says not school related, but it's a great story. We'll have it. Followed day. by, well, not for the dog. So... Ooh. A friend of mine was dog-slash-house-sitting in central London. 
The dog was a golden retriever who was in his golden years. She woke up, ready to go to work one morning, and unfortunately had found that the poor dog had passed away in the night. Not wanting to upset the family on holiday, she decided to contact the vet for advice. The vets very kindly offered to look after the dog until the family returned and could say goodbye. The only issue was she had to get the dog to the vets. Being in central London, she did not own a car and took the tube to walk daily to work daily. She discovered that it'd be quite easy to get off the station earlier and take the dog to the vet and then pop back and be at work slightly later than usual. All she needed was something to transport the dog in. Right. Right. As she was staying at the family's home, she decided to see if they had a suitcase. She checked the loft, and obviously the family had taken the newest suitcases. However, she found an older, slightly battered suitcase that would be suitable for the job. She prepares for a work day, carefully place, places the dog, uh, carefully places the dog wrapped up in the suitcase, zips it up, and heads off to the tube. All right. Right. <laughs> She gets off at the station for the vets, and as she's unfamiliar with the station, she's looking round for the exit. She soon discovers it's an uh, it's an oh, it's a station with no escalator, and the lifts are out of action. Her only way up is the long staircase. Oh, don't which one? There's a tube station which has a long, like spirally staircase. Anyway, she begins a climb with this very heavy suitcase and soon begins to struggle. So she very carefully decides that she can roll the suitcase gently over each step, trying not to jostle it about too much. Partway up the stairs, a gentleman comes over and offers to help her. Although she originally declines, he is persistent, and she allows him to carry the case. At first, he simply carries the case, but after a few more steps, he realizes its weight and begins to bump the case over the steps, using the wheels as she had, but he's nowhere near as careful. As they reach the very top of the stairs, the gentleman picks up the suitcase and runs off. (laughs) What? No way! I was so... No one was expecting that. Oh my God! I was so expecting the case to come undone because it's old and battered. And the dog to go down, oh, down the, stairs. the stairs. No, no. He, he's clearly thought this has got to be some heavy duty stuff. Yeah, this has got to be some, you know, some worth something, worth a lot of money. Well, it is the dog's bollocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My friend stands there staring in disbelief of what has just happened. She has to go and report what has happened to both the station security and the local police. <laughs> that is. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Fortunately, the case and dog were recovered not far from the station and did make it to the vets. However, when the family returned from holiday, she had a bit of a tale. Oh, pun. Bit of a tale to tell them. Oh. Nice. Yeah. Nice way to finish. (laughs) Well, you know, we accept stories of any nature and very much appreciate that That one being shared. That had a hell of a twist. I know. Usual suspects. What is it? (laughs) The crocodile. The crocodile wants to eat. Um, I forgot to say, I've got this real quick one just to finish, which is really good. 
Um, thank you, Gemma, for sharing this on the podcast group. Was in the middle of a spelling test today with my year three class. Gave them one of the words and a boy piped up. Does it matter about the spelling? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does, bro. It's a spelling test. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at what point... The thing is with that is, at what point, at any level of school, does it not matter about the spelling? Oh, always matters about when, the spelling. When does a teacher ever go, don't worry about the spelling? You'd probably have to say... You always you get go explanations for word problems or something like that. Yeah, but you'd always go like, try your best, try your best, try, best, try and sound you don't go like, whatever you want. Yeah, <laughs> sound it out. Begins with an N. <laughs> what? <laughs> Begins with a. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Right, so that brings us to the end of another episode. Thank you so much for joining us, listening and supporting. We really, really do appreciate it. We hope there after it being such a sort of tough week um with everything that's gone on and all the news we've been able to give you a little bit of light relief um but what's really important what we want to finish the podcast with is just to make it clear that no one is ever alone if you are finding things tough if you find it a struggle there is always going to be someone that you can reach out and speak to um especially school staff there is a charity called the education support partnership um they have someone always on the end of the phone. It's a charity that's been set up to support the mental health of teachers and school staff. And I think it's important that we, ca- if we can, all take a moment just to check in on each other, especially our school leaders, our head teachers, our SLTs, who, you know, are always trying to do their best, whether we necessarily agree with how they do it. But ultimately, at the end of the day, they are human um and they do take the weight of things like Ofsted and the pressure and that sort of thing so please do if you get it as you're listening to this maybe drop a text to someone on your SLT just to check in make sure they're okay because like we said at the beginning of the episode we want to make sure that however we can help what what happened to to Ruth uh never happens again so thank you very very much for listening uh as always please do uh, head over to the website where you can share stories. And if you do want to join us on the next tour, you can grab your tickets for that. And uh, we will be back next week. Take care, everyone.